0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: What is Cafe Mocha? Cafe Mocha is experts, celebrities.
2: What's up? This is Belle Bib This is Judy, Andreselva. This is
1: Fantasia. This is Invo.
3: This is India R E. So oh, much more.
0: All from a woman's, woman's perspective. What flavor are you, baby? This is Cafe Mocha. Grammy Award winning songwriter and R&B artist Carrie Hilson is with us. She's working on new music and has a new movie with Kat. Williams. Also, the married duo of Kindred the Family Soul have a new album called Auntie and Unc. Cafe Mocha begins now. I'm Angelica along with Lonnie Love and Yo-Yo. Lots of good stuff streaming on TV and in movies. But guys, I want to talk about this Janet Jackson documentary on FX. New York Times presents Malfunction, The Dressing Down of Janet Jackson. It's all about that Super Bowl incident. So now people may have seen the Britney Spears version of this New York Times did a whole documentary it was on FX and it was on Hulu about Britney Spears and the conservatorship and everything that she was going through and it was explosive and so now they come back with the Janet Jackson story talking about the Super Bowl talking about what happened and talking to your boss Lonnie Love one of the former. producers of the super bowl halftime show and everything that went down but the interesting part of this is how everybody blamed janet and now 15 years later people are looking at it differently they're looking at justin timberlake like yo dude you've been getting away with stuff for years and ain't nobody called you on a pavement
3: yet (laughs) I can appreciate that documentary, but I would rather wait for Janet's documentary to come out, which is going to come out in 2022. I want to hear her words. I want to, and I just had Tito Jackson. Um, I interviewed him for The Real and I asked him, did he feel that Janet got a raw deal when all that happened? And he said, yeah. He said, "I, I felt like she got a raw deal. And they've been pretty much quiet about, you know, that whole situation when it happened. And I think what happened was the people that are doing the the, the Britney, they saw the connection with Justin Timberlake because, you know, a lot of people didn't realize it that how Justin had did Britney. And so it's sort of like a sequel of what, you know, he's doing to these women. But um, I really want to see what Janet has to say in her documentary that's going to come out. Um, And how she feels. And from what I'm hearing, it's going to be very revealing. I
0: hope so, um, because Janet never. I mean, you know, they're very private.
1: Yeah. You want to hear Janet's side of the story. You want to hear what she has to say about it, because she's the victim. Yeah. She's the one they're blaming. And she got the raw deal. I mean, they really did her dirty in the press after that incident. And, you yeah. know,
0: what the what the documentary talks about is how the head of CBS at that time, the very same guy who was Me Too'd out of CBS for bullying women, for sexually assaulting women, let's move as... Wanted Justin and Janet to show up at his office after after Janet apologized in writing, apologized on tape, a video, apologized, 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 apologized some more. Let's move as one, the head of CBS wanted Janet and Justin to show up at his office and kiss the ring and apologize to his face for embarrassing him. And she wouldn't do it, he uh-huh. wanted to see her in private. <laughs> I mean, and you know what? Yo, yo. I mean, with all that followed afterwards, that may very well have been. Yeah, because
1: look, I mean, because the history of a lot of the movement and a lot of women who have spoke up about the Me Too movement, I mean, and to see a lot of the shenanigans that has been going on behind the scenes with a lot of these executives, not all but those who have been called out, you know, to make such a big deal. And, you know, I mean, just for what?
0: Yeah. Well, we don't find that out till later. And, and, you know, I just love that fans made Janet's album number one. When we had Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis on, they were talking about it. Fans were so outraged after that Britney Spears thing came out and, and people started making the correlation between the way Justin treated Britney and the way Justin treated Janet. They went out and made the control album number one again. That is never, well, it might've been done with Michael. It I'm going to tell you, Prince, a lot but. of
3: times too, it's these it's these publicists that they make the wrong moves, they make the wrong calculations. I was you know, talking about, we had had a, a conversation about how um, BTS actually uh, gave a million dollars to the Black Lives Matter movement. And then we were talking some other, and somehow Justin Timberlake came into play because he had put up a post, you know, he was trying to support and be an ally, but then, you know, he started scrubbing the comments and Mm -hmm. all this other kind of stuff. And it was, it was a mess. So his um, publicist actually contacted my show and wanted me to, you know, talk about, oh, look at all the stuff that Justin has done for, you know, he's donated this, he's done that. I was like, well, you know, Justin can come on the show then if you want to do that. Yeah. And so I'm saying all of that to say is that, a lot of times, these publicists are giving this bad advice mm-hmm. to their to their clients, and you know it follows them for years. Yeah. So now we're just hearing about this whole thing with Janet because I mean I never thought she was going to be canceled. I didn't know that businesses and and companies weren't hiring her and yeah you know, and they weren't putting her. I didn't realize that
0: she lost her endorsement deals at the time. Mickey Mouse. At Disneyland or Disney World, there was a Mickey Mouse that had the control outfit, you know, the hat and stuff that she wore in Rhythm Nation, uh, mm-hmm. that outfit. They took it off. She had deals that with uh, big companies, a movie that she was supposed to do all canceled. Whereas Justin Timberlake, his McDonald's deal still held up. All the stuff he was doing still held up. He showed up at the Grammys and giggled about it. Like it was no big deal. And he has continued to soar into the stratosphere. And now, you know. Yeah. Sorry, it would.
3: What could have happened? Like in it, what you think, in your opinion, what should have been done at that time?
0: It, nothing could have been done. But honestly, the only thing that would have made this at least fair was if they both got equal beating up. Totally agree, yes. If both of them got beat up equally, then I would be like, well, you guys did a stunt. It, it flopped. And these are the consequences and, you know, get over it. This is Cafe Mocha on the line, our Asia and Fatin, better known as Kindred, the family soul. How you guys doing this weekend?
1: Oh, we're doing lovely. lovely. Lovely, lovely, you lovely. Know, we're doing very good. You guys have a real big family and um, it is really nice when you can get the entire family together. Because like you said, for history, our tradition has been that soul food. What are you most thankful for this year?
2: Good health, um, being back on the road and getting an opportunity to, you know, do what it is of course that we love to do and that, um, that we've been blessed to do and, you know, being able to take care of our family in the way in which, you know, we feel is necessary and that they need. And, you know, again, to have all of our children doing really well and, um, it's, it's, it's still a really good time, despite all of the different things that we've all been challenged with for the past year, year and a half or so. So, we are grateful for for those things. Asia, I just want to make sure since
0: the last time we saw you guys in DC, last time we talked, you ain't had no extra kids, right?
4: <laughs> no. Uh, here's the you thing. Need to stop. First off, I'm 43. Okay. That don't and mean a- nothing. <laughs> The, and the husband, hold on. I'm just saying, I'm saying, I'm not saying you can't have a baby at 43. I'm saying I, okay, will yes, having <laughs> a baby at 43. And also, my husband, and we just need to make sure this is clear. Are y'all ready? Mm-hmm. Are the listeners ready? We yes. ready. Y'all may joke all you want to, but my husband has been fixed mm. for 11 years. Mm. Nice. 11 years. Staying fixed. This man has had a vasectomy. Mm. He has gone and handled the bot, you know, the the uh, mm. physiological business mm-hmm. required, that famous- so that our family stays the size that it is. Remember that
2: famous <laughs> Allen Iverson press conference all about practice? Yeah, <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. Not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. Right. That's all we doing these days. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, so so how are the kids though how have they handle the pandemic. I mean, I know you guys, anybody that's in music and well, all of us were really shut down, but what Mm -hmm. has this been like for the kids to be at home in the house, not doing their sports and choir and all that stuff. What's it been like for them? Yeah. I want to take this opportunity also to
4: just like talk, talk about mental health because that, that, that's really been number one on the list of things in a family as big as ours during the pandemic is, you know, having as many personalities in the home For you know, there was a minute there where nobody was going anywhere, really. We was going to the grocery store. I know that feels like ages ago now, but, you know, there were times when, you know, we all had to be here. So getting in touch with each other's needs and learning how to communicate with each other, allowing people space. So the kids have really learned a lot about themselves. I really think that they've become way more self-aware, but definitely they've become uh, they've understood a lot more about how important it is to care for the emotional and mm-hmm. mental self, yeah. you know, and that's, that's, that's been a blessing because the language that we weren't using in the house as often. Now we use all the time, you mm-hmm. know, particularly around communication and self-care.
3: It's Cafe Mocha on the line. Kendrick, the family sold their new album, auntie and uncle talking about COVID yo, yo, take it
1: away. You know, I've been watching you guys and you're talking about 23 years of marriage. And one thing the pandemic has done is it's given us a peep into a lot of lives through social media that we wouldn't normally have. And I see that you guys have been skating Skating, just <laughs> yes, I, yes. And, and love watching it. Is this is this a new trend? Is this is was this a way just to ease your way out of uh, a stressful situation and get people out because um, that mental strain of being in the house for so long.
2: That's funny because like um the whole thing of the outlet of having uh, something to do during the pandemic skating was one of the only things that wasn't actually shut down as a family kind of activity that people were able to do because it's social distancing involved in the skating kind of scenario. So when we were trying to find ways to promote and market the album um when we couldn't actually go out and perform and be in the venues and stuff like that, trying to find spaces that connected back to the music but that also made sense for who we were was very important so skating just happened to be something that an activity that we actually enjoyed, but that we hadn't done in a long time. And so we kind of came up with an event around having not done it in a long time and being a little fearful at a certain age to get back out there. But we knew <laughs> that it was a fun activity and that our music really resonated with the skating community. So though we're not expert skaters and weren't trying to give off the impression like that, we are super skaters, but we just really enjoyed the activity and we thought that it would be a nice way to connect with our audience. And it, and it really was. And we got a chance to do a couple of different events in the different, different cities, uh, Atlanta and DC. And where else do we go? Uh, Atlanta, DC and uh, Jersey. And we were supposed to do a few more. And we may still, as time goes on, but it's been really, really fun. We met a lot of great people and seeing a lot of other people get past a little bit of that fear too, of, Getting back out there and, and and trying it again, so it was kind of cool. Well, let's talk about the new
3: album, Auntie and Anc. Um Just we we've been waiting on um, a new project from you all, so let's talk about it. Talk about the breakdown. I believe over the moon. Break it down, yeah. renew. Yeah, break it down. Make it, <laughs> made it. <Ooh. laughs> you can tell I'm tired. Go ahead, Rod, you know I'm tired. Black <laughs> love story. I mean, these are just wonderful titles. So tell us a little bit more about it.
4: Well, um, you know, during the pandemic, obviously we couldn't perform, so you know, we went into the studio as soon as we were able to, and really didn't know what we were going to do. We just went in and have a good time, finish out some work that we had already started. But we really got going and, you know, had a really great rhythm, and the result was our new album, Auntie and Unk. And everybody was like, well, how come Auntie and Unk? You know? But I just think, at this point, we've been in the game a good while. This is our seventh recorded album. You know, we've been married 23 years. You know, we started when we were in our 20s, but now we're in our 40s. 23 years? Yeah, now we're in our 40s. (laughs) So it's like, you know, we have a little bit of you know we have a few receipts, you know what I'm saying, and so we've we've gone from brother and sister to auntie
3: and aunt, you know what i mean and and I feel like we've embraced it. It's cafe mocha on the line, Kendrick the family, so auntie and uncle, their latest album this is your seventh album
2: it is well, we have eight albums, but this is our seventh recorded c d yes
3: seven okay and so um, tell me you guys th- there's not a lot of Mary Co I think. Marilyn McCool and uh, what was it uh, Billy Davis? And Billy Davis, <laughs> Billy was
2: Davis. The last yeah. couple, you know, I'm old. I'm like, I and they still ready. out there doing their thing. <laughs> they they, they, look. they a got a new out record their, out that's a banger. And they got, <laughs> I was just listening to them the other day. They got some, some, graphics. yeah, but, go ahead.
3: Well, but that's what I'm saying. Like, how hard is it being a, a duo and especially a husband and wife duo? I think it's a little bit easier than
4: people think, to be 100% honest. I mean, I think there's a thing where if you have a similar dream and you get to share that dream with your person, yeah. that's the part that's, that I feel like has been the blessing. And that we don't have to, like, we you, you know, if you're entertainment and your mate isn't, there's language they don't understand.
5: Mm-hmm. And
4: there's certain things that you might want to say to them that they're like, they, they empathize, but they don't get it, get it. So I think for us, that's been the blessing. But the challenge is the same challenges that most couples have. I mean, we argue. We disagree. We may not be on the same page all the argue? time. You know? Um, we about to argue if you cut me off. What I had said was, like, no, I mean, you know, it's the same stuff. You know, we, we go through the same things. You just regular. It's just regular.
2: African reg- students.
0: Yes. Ordinary <laughs> African students. But. What about for the kids, though? Because, you know, I imagine that both of you are on the road together. Uh, so, I mean, what's it like for? Yeah, them? I
4: mean, our kids definitely have like you know, this is a keep it real kind of environment, correct? So let's keep oh, it yeah. Our kids have definitely dealt with a little bit of separation anxiety when they were young, because both parents were on the road at times. Mm -hmm. And that's where our village has been really important. You know, parents, you know, their aunts and uncles, their cousins, people just coming together to support the vision of our family. So in that way, yes, that is a downside, but we've we've received a lot of support on the other side of things. Mm -hmm. And as parents, we taking advantage of the things and the advantages that maybe other people don't have. Oh yeah, I might be on the road out of town for a day or two, but I also don't have to be at work at a certain time. I can go on all the field trips and I can, you know, make the cake for the for the for the for the bake bake sale or whatever, and I can do mm-hmm. this and do that, and so my kids get some benefits. So I think at the end of the day, what we try to tell the kids is that this is our normal and our normal Mm -hmm. doesn't have to be compared to somebody else's. As long as we are communicating with each other and we are a strong family, we can make it through anything, even mistakes or misunderstandings.
1: Auntie and Unc, it's it's so fitting because I watched you both as a couple and, you know, your husband continues to romance you publicly and, you know, you guys show the support that you have for your children, college, the journey. I think it's so important. 23 years and music and family and love. I think it's, it's what, you know, it's, what it's all about.
3: It definitely is. Yeah, I'm going to tell
1: you, you know, you know, it's real interesting
4: because, um, nowadays, you have a lot of people who show their families like like in vlogs and stuff like that, or Instagram influencers. And um, I think it's really great, actually, especially for black families. But one of the things that I notice is that a lot of them have young children. And sometimes you don't get an opportunity to follow a family through its journey from having small cute kids that say cute things and do cute things until they're adults, you know? And one of the great things about our journey is that if you've been there with us the whole time, then you see my son be three years old in our first video. And then you watched him graduate high school. And then this year, I mean, yeah, the next spring, (laughs) you know, God willing, you're going to see him graduate from college. And so You've seen the, the, the progression year. and the growth, you know, the progression and growth of a family, you know, and I think that's important—not perfection, but just being able to, you know, connect.
3: And that's what's rare, and that's what we love about you two, Auntie and Ank Is the name of the album by Kindred the Family. So we love y'all so much. Come back anytime, we love Cafe Mocha. We, we
2: want to know one thing: What? When Yo Yo gonna be on the verse? All right, we're we're working on it, we're working on it. We're working on it, we're working on it. (laughs) I know that's right. We love y'all right here behind.
3: Here's your dose of espresso.
0: Strong hot news now. I'm Angelique with the espresso. Well, the new coronavirus variant is here. Scientists say symptoms from Omicron tend to be mild, but here's why they're worried.
1: According to South African scientists, the Omicron variant
0: has more than 50 mutations and is likely to be more transmissible. The president of Moderna said
5: yesterday, what's most scary about this virus is it has managed to put all of its greatest hits into one variant.
0: Trevor Noah, host of The Daily Show, is from South Africa. He says the travel ban from South Africa is BS. Omicron has already
1: been found in over a dozen countries, a dozen countries around the world. It's everywhere from Hong Kong to Israel to Spain. So why aren't you banning travel from all of those countries too?
0: Huh? Houston now has a Black Santa Claus and malls all over the country are looking to hire more. Black Santa explains why.
2: Families need to see reflections that look exactly like them. It's important to their socioeconomic growth, their physical growth, their emotional growth, and it really helps kids develop as they get older.
0: That's the Espresso, Grammy-nominated artist. She is a Grammy-winning songwriter. She is an actress. She is Carrie Hilson. Welcome to Cafe Mocha. Thank you. Glad to be here.
3: Now, you are known for your acting roles in Think Like a Man, Almost Christmas, Lust, a a bunch of things. Um, But tell us about your latest movie that's coming out, The Love of Money.
5: Yes. For the love of money. It's, um, it's myself. It's a star set of Myself, uh, DC Youngfly, Cat Williams, oh! uh, Lisa Ray. Yes. Uh, Rotimi, um, as people know from power. Yeah. Um, we've got, you know, it, there's, it's, it's a star set of but it's a great film of, um, I would say of, you get to see me in somewhat of a street adventure. <laughs> <laughs> uh uh-huh. Um, you know, a mother who is, has fallen maybe upon hard times, you know, there's no limit to what she wouldn't do for her child. And, um, Gigi Davis just happened to, uh, turn to the, the, the the drug game. Wow. Uh, And so, yeah, without telling the film, I, I I actually think it's, um, it's a very layered film. It's got some intricacies, uh, you know, some cultural
0: things in there, um, so you're a drug dealer, Carrie? I'm a drug <laughs> dealer. Are you a dealer or a queen pen? I guess some kind of I, I
5: turn in I start off like just, you know, trying to get in the game and then, you know, things uh progress
3: <laughs> positively,
5: so, I guess, in that game.
3: So, Carrie, what attracted you to this role? <laughs> <laughs> just,
5: <laughs> Lonnie, you know, I know nothing about the street life, okay? I had to ask a lot of questions. Uh-huh. Um but I think it was just that. It was the fact that I got to play something different. You know, Gigi Davis is a woman who embraces not only her femininity, she's a mother, you know, she's nurturing and all that, but she also gets to embrace her, you know, her, her masculine side and, and, you know, boss up when she is called upon to do so, or when she's left no other option. So, you know, I, I think that's what really, you know, people, I'm always playing like pretty girl or temptress or you know incidental homewrecker or um right you know I'm always having to play roles that um you know I I don't really have to I I don't want to say that sounds really vain but no I get
3: it you beautiful just just saying I'm beautiful (laughs) and I get to play beautiful people kind of play
5: on yes yes exactly but this is a role that you know had nothing at all to do with what I look like at all Mm -hmm. right I appreciated that about. It's a
1: stretch. You
3: know. That's what you say, yeah, Carrie. It's a it stretch. A,
5: yeah, it was a stretch. It was a stretch that, um, you know, I was grateful for the opportunity to 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 play differently.
3: Talk to us about how acting has become like therapy for you, Carrie. Oh, listen,
5: uh, <laughs> the fact that I get to depart reality and be in an alternate universe for a little while. These past couple years, when I have really, you know, I guess delved into this craft, that's been the best part for me. It's like, oh, my God, real, it actually feels more like reality on the set than what everything is happening, to, you know, in the world right now.
1: So <laughs> um,
5: I, I loved that, you know, I get to stop time and be in an alter universe, be somebody else, step out of, outside of my body and all the worries and all the stress. Because when I picked this acting thing back up, you know, we were getting – you know, it was a uh, damn near. It was civil unrest. You know, this is right. uh it's twenty twenty. You know, it all that you know civil unrest. We got health crisis. We got you know some trials going on. We got an election. We got it was so much turmoil in the world, and and still we're dealing with things. So um, yeah. I think that's been <laughs> the best part about it for me. You know.
0: How, yeah. did, how do you handle that as an artist who, you know, is used to touring and, and being in the studio mm-hmm. and, you know, having creative outlets to, you know, deal yeah. with some of this stuff? How was it for you kind of watching this go by? Were you involved? Did you go out there? Did you write songs? Yeah, I wrote. Um, there's a song that I almost released. I don't really...
5: You know, I I think I channeled it into the acting, into my writing, into, um, you know, my art. I'm also a visual artist. I paint. Um, So, you know, being a creative, you're going to find a way to channel all of your frustration. Um, But, yeah, I put it in these roles. Um, I put it in, you know, the music that people will soon hear. But, you know, (laughs) you got to find a way to process it and express it, you know, get it out.
1: Yeah, we definitely miss you singing. You are one of everyone's favorite. So everyone loves you. We want to see you definitely on the big screen, but we definitely miss your writing and your music because you are one of America's favorites. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah,
5: I do plan to return. I don't know when, but I know that I must. I know there's things in that space that I want to do now that I'm a woman, you know, making my own decisions, controlling my own career. And I need to do that for myself. You know, not even just for the fans that have been waiting and and, uh, enduring false starts and, and, uh, you know, fake press releases about my music and things like that. Like, you know, my fans are amazing for that, for waiting and for caring still.
0: It's Cafe Mocha on the line. We're talking to Carrie Hilson. And I want to ask you, since you're talking about womanhood and, you know, ownership of your image and your work, Ashanti just announced that she's redoing her debut album that she Mm -hmm. co-wrote with the folks over at Murder, Inc. For you... They got mad about that. Wait, 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 though. Mm -hmm. Why are they mad about that? Wait, I want to ask Carrie about this for two reasons. Number one, because you're a songwriter. And then number two, because you have, you know, you're also a singer. So as a songwriter... What happens when somebody goes and redoes all the music that you co-wrote with them and with intent to keep the money for themselves? Can, can you explain?
5: I mean, well, let me describe this. You're publishing as a writer, mm-hmm. um, it stays the same. Nothing is being rewritten. Things are just being re-recorded. So the only thing that really changes is the ownership of the masters, uh, the allocation of the artists, and performance royalties, so that doesn't change, um, you know, your the intellectual property of those that were involved. You would have many reasons. There are different reasons that people do this, you know, okay. different uh, Taylor Swift or I, I, there was somebody in that, you know, kind of more pop space that had recently done it. I, I think it's becoming a more popular phenomenon, you know, that that people are kind of using that to take control because deals are so antiquated. You know what I mean? These are deals that were structured in, like, 1909,
4: Mm -hmm. okay, Mm -hmm. for
5: some of us, you know, (laughs) and people are locked in sometimes for life or whatever. Like, the industry has changed so much. Like, you've got to find a way to snatch the reins because they're not going to be given to you.
2: So, Mm -hmm. kudos
5: to Asante and
1: everyone else. Yes, I agree. I agree.
0: But I, yeah. but I don't understand if the royalty cut is still the same, if Irv Gotti still gets the same, because that's what I was thinking. I'm like, how can they even do that? I mean, if what? you wrote the song, then you wrote the song and you should get the same amount of money as long as the song is But played. it's about
3: up- obtaining the masters. Do yeah,
0: the control
3: you can redo masters.
1: it. You can redo mm-hmm. it. You can redo a song and the song becomes, you. you, you when they stream it, it becomes yours. The ma- You own a different master than they master so the streaming is different it's almost like a release of anything he says he feels disrespected but if you would have paid her right in the beginning given her what Mm -hmm. she deserved then you would have a happy home is how I look at it
0: I won't argue with paying someone fairly of course but you are in the music industry so you know damn well that first contract you ain't getting nothing because they don't know what you (laughs) could do they don't know yeah. They don't know whether you're going to be a hit yeah. or be worth 5 points or yes. 10 points. You're basically writer a credit.
5: glorified exactly. You're you're a glorified liability to them. They're like, "Well, we know that you have what it takes, but we haven't seen you do it yet."
4: <laughs> Sometimes like you that. don't
3: you don't have that initial money. yeah. so you got to, you know, go in there and deal with that yeah. and, you know, so yeah. it's it's reasons why people go to a, a major label but, you know. Yeah. I mean yeah, it's just
5: sad. You know what's really sad though, Lonnie, is when it happens when we we think sometimes as creatives that going with a black entity, Mm -hmm. be that label, production company, whatever, going to a black entity, oh, they won't do us like the others will do us, but they'll Mm -hmm. do you like that. Okay? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, that's been the sad part about seeing a lot of people in the higher up places on the black side of our industry um Mm -hmm. you know that we will (laughs) we will uh you know some might argue it's just business you know but when when i'm thinking about uh an entity holding a black woman down it just rubs me wrong you know
0: um
5: or even a black man especially when it's ourselves doing it to ourselves like i hate that and i'm not speaking about the ashanti herb i don't know enough about that to even make a comment really Mm -hmm. um, about their situation. But we see that uh, what I'm talking about time and time again, and we've got to make that change, we've got to be more fair to ourselves. You know, we've got to it's it's a it's a it's a sad street we've been on, um, um, you know, holding one another back, I guess, from from true ownership and true, you know, a platform is, is what we're all after just having a a bigger platform to, and the resources, you know, yes, but these deals don't have to be structured the way they're structured. So I'd love to see that change. And when I start signing artists and writers and producers, like I'm going to do fair, very fair, fair
0: deals. Carrie Hilson, thank you so much for joining us on Cafe Mocha.
5: Thank you so much for having me, ladies.
0: And For the Love of Money is in theaters nationwide, November 24th. Go check it out. Make sure you wear your mask while you're in there.
5: <laughs> That's right. Bring your friends, bring your family. We're going to have a good time in the theaters.
0: See you guys here
5: on
3: the big screen. <laughs> Thank you, Carrie. Take care. Thank
1: you. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Good luck. Loving our brothers, men with strength. Wisdom, assertive, and genuine in their spirit. It's the Cafe Mocha
2: Swag. Hosted by Rashawn McDonald. This Rashawn McDonald from Money Making Conversations. This week I sat down with Cafe Mocha Swag Award winner, Ryan Morgan. Despite being incarcerated for a bank robbery he committed at 19 years of age, he used his education and athleticism to become the founder and CEO of Aqua Equity Water. Here's what he had to say.
0: I grew up in San Bernardino, which is uh, inner city, much like Watts or Oakland. A lot of projects, a lot of poverty, and therefore a lot of the gangs. You feel like when you're in the
2: inner city and it's a a misconception and and this is what we're trying to expose that to bring truth and light. But you feel like you have limited options to where either to make money, I got to play sports or I got to do some illegal and hustle because I don't have another avenue
0: for me to help get out of this poverty uh, and this hardship in this inner city.
2: If you want to hear the full interview of Ryan Morgan, visit MoneyMakingConversations.com.
0: Keep winning. We're at Cafe Mocha. It's Cafe Mocha. Angelique, Lonnie Love, and yo, yo, this is the time of the year when all the future Oscar-nominated movies start to come out, like King yes. Richard. The Venus and Serena's dad. I I know you saw it. I haven't seen it yet, Lonnie.
3: No, I haven't seen it yet. I was supposed to go to a screening, but, you know, I've been working so much. But I'm hearing a lot of good things about it. I'm hearing that Will Smith should get a nomination um, out of this. And also, you know, Will Smith has his exciting new book. So over the holidays, if you want something to read, it's very juicy. It's very detailed. But the other movies that's coming out is House of Gucci, with uh, oh, Lady Gaga. Ooh, that
0: look like it's going to be nope. based nope. on a true story. Okay. What? You tell that part. And then I already saw it at my other job. Okay. So uh-huh. you go ahead and share what the story is about. And then I'm going to tell you why you shouldn't waste your $27 and a half dollars.
1: Why?
0: A bunch of fake Italian accents. <sighs> at one Here point, one of the stars is like, forget it. I can't carry on this Italian accent and drops it and goes back to the British accent. It is all costumes, gorgeous. Everything else, awful. Okay, all well, awful.
3: there's House Gucci reviewed by Angelique. <laughs> also, you're gonna have West Side Story.
1: <laughs> I can't wait for that.
3: Yeah. But
1: I'm still laughing at the fake accent. <laughs> I know.
3: And then for the kids, you're going to have the animated movie, Scene 2, coming out, Scene oh, 2. Oh, yay! Yeah, so, and then, of course, there are a bunch of holiday movies that are coming out all on Lifetime on a Hallmark channel. So, you know, it's a lot of uh, good movies that are out. Um, I did get to catch Squid Game. I watched one episode <laughs> and I was done. It was it's too not for much you. for me. No, I, why only one? because one was enough all that <laughs> shooting and killing and and all i'm like what is happening and i just was like and people say oh hang in there i'm like no nah, i'm no good. you know
0: what if that's the thing about squid game on netflix has been on it's it's the most streamed movie in netflix history mm-hmm. uh by far it used to be bridgerton now a squid game Uh, It's one of those things. If you watch the first episode and it's too much, then you don't carry forward because the rest of them only get more violent. And that's why. What
3: I did like on Netflix was The Harder They Fall with Regina King and, and Idris Elba. And it was such a great movie. It was nice to see black faces on the screen in a Western. It was just a great produced well Nobody got shot on the set. It was great. Uh,
1: You know, everyone was calling and and sending messages like, hey, you know, that was the text. Watch this movie on Netflix. So I'm excited. It's really worth. And what I
0: like, what's the guy's name? Samuel or Samuels or something. Whoever the producer guy, the guy that wrote it and conceived it years ago, it plays out, if you're a Tarantino fan and you like that way he shoots the violence, the Samuels guy did it in that way, but I say with soul, with rhythm. But then it was so, so visually, it the was rhythm, stunning. The soul, yeah, it, yeah, it, it just had soul. And I love it. And I, I don't. I mean, I don't know what he does next, but I really liked it. KBLA Talk 1580. That's the show. Until next weekend, you can find us on all platforms at Cafe Mocha Radio. Cafe Mocha is a production of Miles Ahead Broadcasting in partnership with Compass Media. Executive producer Sheila Eldridge. For comments, booking, or more information, visit CafeMochaRadio.com.